count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. It's time for another episode of the Wooten and Why Show. Welcome back to another episode of the Woot and Why Show. We're at the quarter pole of the season. This is uh, week four is in the books, and uh, all the way from uh, up north, he'll uh, he'll explain later. Josh Y is on the line, Mister Y. Hey, going, mate. This feels a little bit weird. Uh, me joining you by phone. A um, little bit of role reversal. Um, mate, all kinds of crazy stuffs going down in the studio. Sitting here naked. It's great. <laughs> You're sitting naked in my own home. Yeah, um, eating burritos. It's just very weird. (laughs) It's just terrific. I won't lie. My uh, my skin doesn't go too well sticking to your leather chairs, but uh... no, well, good. (laughs) Yeah, I have that same issue, man. So uh, you preaching to the choir here. No, but um, yeah, I'm in Port Douglas this week. Um, uh, thank you for manning the ship. Um, doing doing a hell of a job. I'm not sure how how well it'll all sound, but uh, I'm sure. Uh, people on Twitter will let us know. Uh, you know, uh, apologize. Last week I stuffed up the sound on my mic, so um, you know we all even. Uh, well, you, you, people years, people let you know that, did they? They did, but very nicely. So um, they yeah, just they say just mentioned that it was off a little bit. They I, just I knew they, they went. I, your, your mic is gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I look. I I knew it. I knew it was down after I recorded it. When I was listening back, I try to fix it, but the problem is when you try to edit it too much, it distorts it just way too much. But anyway, um, you're right. Quarter pole of the season, uh, or 30 teams are obviously Miami and uh, Tampa Bay missed their first fixture, but we have what one under un, one undefeated NFL team left, the 4-0 Chiefs. We've got nine teams, six in the NFC that are three and one. 13 teams are two and two, and then four teams are still searching for that first win, including. Uh, the Chargers and the Giants, who uh, many, um, including us on the Chargers, tipped to uh, make the playoffs. So uh, it's been a bit of a topsy-turvy season. We have a team that we thought would go 16-0 and 0 is 2-2, two and two, and a team we thought would go 0-16 is also 2-2. Two and two. <laughs> No, it's it's amazing. It really is. Uh, yeah. I can't believe how well some of these atrocious teams are playing. Uh, yep. The Jets have been a pleasant surprise. Like I never want a team to really go bad. And the fact, though, yeah. is is that if they're actually trying to suck and try to get the number one pick, it's it's very likely that they're trying to still go bad and winning. So, uh, yeah. That's... Is it, wouldn't it be the, it's the most Jets thing ever to stuff up trying to lose? I know. It's such a wrinkle <laughs> that you just, yeah. But that's the, that's, we previously would have been making these jokes about the, the Cleveland Browns of like, ha, ha, ha. But they have a good team, but they're still going bad. Like nothing's yeah. nothing's going well for the Browns. The Browns are still the Browns. It's so it's it yep. really is upsetting and depressing. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll get to all that in our uh, three point stance, uh, obviously later in the show. Um, but despite this topsy turvy season where we've had um, crazy upsets and things, um, we still went seven from seven across the board in our gambling picks in week four. So check out the punt return. We've just finished recording our week five show. Um, that has seven picks for you, uh, six from ourselves, ourselves, sorry, and, uh, one from Mr. NFL of reading the place. So check that out. 
and uh, our Luminator Challenge. There's only 12 left out of about 60 that were in our group. Um, back-to-back week of crazy upsets, uh, Falcons and Pats losing in the same week um, always results in a lot of exits. We're still alive somehow, thanks to uh, Seattle beating my Colts, but um, we're, do- we're doing all right in, in, in that regard. Yeah. Um, that was far closer than I thought it was going to be at halftime. I was a bit nervous in that uh, Seattle yeah. Colts game, but eventually it blew out. But I was a little bit nervous there, especially because, I mean, what the line was 13 and a half, and I thought that was a big stretch, but they ended up making that, didn't they? They did very easily, and that was uh, one of my plays on the on the punt return uh, last week. But I was up at uh, Mossman Gorge here in, in Port Douglas that day. We went uh, hiking in the rainforest and, and swimming in the gorge. And, All right. Um, I left All right, just, mate. Just, be- know, just before kickoff, uh, I emerged back down the bottom of the mountain, turned on, uh, turned the phone back on and, and saw that we're ahead, then uh, flicked on the game pass. And from the minute I started watching the Colts, uh, they started to just leak points and, and lose the game. So I do apologize to uh, the Colts nation, uh, probably my fault. Um, although my boy Malik Hooker still hasn't uh, not started a game without an interception. Just give him defensive rookie of the year and, and, and be done with it. Um <laughs> But I want to mention something um, on my flight up here. I had the middle row. Um, my fiance um, had the window seat, and I had a, a gentleman next to me. Um, he, in about sort of 15 minutes into the flight, just fell asleep. And I was busting to go to the bathroom after a couple of bevies at the airport. And my question to you is, what's the what's the etiquette in that situation? Because he was deep in sleep, and we're only 15 minutes into the flight. Like, do I wake him up? Like, what do I do here? All right. How, how long's the flight? It, it's a three-hour flight. All right. So a few... Th- uh, even longer. I think it's three and a half hours. A few things on your part, because I recently flew in July, so we've both been on planes recently. Um, and in this exact same... Right or left side of the plane, this will be the differentiating. Left. Oh, there you go. So, we, okay. So, uh, I was in the middle... <laughs> Misses up against the, up against the window. Looking, she had the window seat. Um, and I also had in, uh, in my situation, there was a young lady there. She got on, fell asleep straight away as well. Um, little bit of a word of warning. You should go to the bathroom before flying or any long trip. Josh, that's just generally yeah. what your parents teach you. And, that, and that's why age. I felt, that's why I didn't know what to do. Cause so, I was like, part of this is my fault. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, all right. Well, anyway, I, I guess I can control my bladder a bit better, but I would, in my situation, same kind of thing happened. Um, my fiance, Olivia, she, uh, she also had to go to the bathroom. I was kind of forcing it to hold a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so what, what we did is we kind of just waited, a, uh, just a, a little while we said you know see if we it'll go away what did you do that or did you just you know well, tap what his i knee? did was i i no i waited until um i i guess i just held on for my life and i waited uh until they came around with the food cart and um sort of tapped him and woke him up to ask if he wanted food and then he nearly went back to sleep straight away and i was like Oh, while I've got you, I just need to go to the bathroom. But then, because the food cart was there, I, I, I 
I was standing up for a while on the plane and it was very awkward, but uh, it managed to make do, but uh, it was a struggle to hold on for that first hour. Right. Well, similar, similar thing. We, uh, both Olivia and I waited till obviously international flights are longer. There's times where you both need to go, you know, one or the other. We would always wait till we both needed to go. And, you know, if one person was holding it far longer than the other, that was just tough luck. But we always made sure that we went at the same time to be considerate to that aisle person. Are we good people? And then yeah. we also, um, uh, we would also, similar, similar thing to you, we would wait for the food cart or we'd just do something loud and obnoxious or something if it got to that point where we just couldn't yeah. hold it any longer. All right. There we go. Was there so, only, only once you had to do it? Yeah, that was it. Once I got back, I was good. Uh, I was fine. So, what yeah, about it was, what about Emma? Did she need to? No, she she was much well, uh, much more behave, well behaved than I was. So she was she was fine. What a surprise! Um, <laughs> yes, absolute shock horror. Uh, anyway, uh, let's let's get into some some NFL talk and some NFL stuff. So this would be the part where we normally do. Uh, the round reviews that uh, we've been doing this year, uh, our movie-style, Rotten Tomato-style uh, rewatchability scores uh, for each of the games. Given us the quarter poll, and given that I'm on holidays, um, we're going to just skip it this week. Uh, I do apologise that all of them will be up on our website in the next fortnight. So every single game, everything that we read out on the show, all the scores, they'll be up on our website um, in the next fortnight. So including week four, we'll have them all up so you can go and check them out. But uh, I'm on holiday, so you know what? I don't care. So if you're mad, just at JYNFL and uh, don't take it out on my buddy Woot because um, I'm on holiday. So I just didn't have time to condense game, watch all the games and, and my games that I review. So uh, we thought we'd just talk more about the uh, first quarter of the season and we'll, uh, we'll get straight into it. Um, just to add on to the back of that, don't just because this this has happened, um, you can slay why. Slay why all the time. Doesn't matter. Just yeah. He loves it. Every week. He loves it. Yeah. On the, Love the band. On, on Bance on the Twitter. He just loves it. Um yep. and then you can just come over that to means. me and say, you know, the nice things like that one iTunes review we got saying that my voice sounded like melted butter or whatever it was. Brilliant. Still the yep. best iTunes review out there. They yeah, should get still a bringing that up. Yeah. Still bringing that up. Alright, let's talk some tidbits, yeah? Yep. Talking tidbits. All right, uh, you want to take us away, Mister Y? I know, I know you you're itching to yeah. talk. This let's 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 talk Denny Trevathan. Um, obviously, he got uh, his suspension reduced from two games to one after that uh, huge hit on Devontae Adams. Now, I tweeted out um, my disgust at the at the. Uh, the uh, reduced suspension this morning um, on our Wooten Y Twitter account. I still am a bit unhappy with it, but I, I didn't realise that Trevathan was a first-time offender, and I, and I really thought he'd he'd been suspended before because he is such a heavy hitter of the football and, and plays very hard. But I still think um, when you're promoting um, player safety and concussions and, and all that sort of stuff, you need a harder line stance on on hits, selfless senseless hits like Denny Trevathan's against Devontae Adams because for a minute there I felt absolutely sick to my stomach that Devontae Adams might have actually not been alive at that point. I, I was physically sick. I don't know if you felt the same. Uh, just, I mean, it, it comes to, it's 
in any sport when this kind of thing happens, not just um not just American football, but when a player just goes like almost lifeless. There was just there was just no movement. And it was it's one of those really dark, terrifying moments. It couldn't have come at a worse time in regards to uh concussions and the talk of CTE all week in regards to um diagnosing CTE um Yep. Aaron Hernandez. In living yep. <laughs> people. Um yep. previously they they've only been able to identify it in uh in uh autopsies and things like that. But uh yep. yet now there's talk that they can identify it um in current players which, you know, that would revolutionise how uh people view the sport and you know, participation levels will drop worldwide in yep. this sport if that, if it, you know, when this comes out and if they can't find a reasonable way to uh, protect players and things. It, it is a very fine line. I know we're talking about Danny Trevathan. I don't want to go too far away from it, but there is yep. a fine line. We Because we love the violence of the sport. We love hard hits. We love that, you know, we just love guys going at it. That That's, that's the entertainment of NFL. Yep. It, it is terrific, but that hit by Danny Trevathan, it is it is a bit difficult when you, you're looking at it. You want to give Danny Trevathan the benefit of the doubt that he was just, you know, he was just playing hard, trying to make an impact for his team. You know, you are going up against Green Bay. It, it is a team that once they get momentum, it doesn't, they don't seem to slow down. But just the angle that he went in, the, you know, Everything in slow motion looks worse when it comes to these kind of things, but just you know, yeah, the angle that he came in and just it looked like he could he could have just avoided that completely, or you know, tackled him a different way, and that just it all just amplified how bad it was, especially when you saw like the whiplash of uh, Devante yeah. Adams' neck and things like that. It was it was pretty terrifying. It was pretty shocking. And like if if I was um, you know. If I was a father and, you know, my child was out there and, like, that was, you know, this is such a big issue now with participation in this sport. Like, hits like that, it's just, it's it's incredible. And we know what the, um, there's more and more coming out of what uh, concussions do to the brain and lifespan and things like that. It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, seeing Devontae Adams thumbs up was a, a huge sigh of relief. But, yeah, still... That suspension, uh, I don't understand that one, but given first-time offender, it, it is part of the, the legal side of things in, in terms of prior history and all that sort of stuff. It's why Vontae's Burfitt gets three or four games for senseless hits that aren't as dangerous, but still um, still stupid. But anyway, we'll, we'll move on to uh, Derek Carr. Um, Coach Jack Del Rio says he has a transverse process fracture in his back and will be out um, two to six Weeks at the very least, he'll miss his week five clash, obviously against the Ravens, and then obviously week six and seven tilts against division rivals, the Chargers and the Chiefs. Um, so EJ Manuel is the starter. Um, this, this is pretty quick to, um, analyze. Um, when you play in, in that division and you, and your quarterback's out for six weeks and you're already two and two, I think your season's all but, all but over. It is, it's, Super bleak outlook for the Raiders at the moment. Um, they were already underperforming um, compared to people's expectations. They they started off hot, and then they slowly started to peter out. I don't. There's been talks that Derek Carr thinks he's going to be back far sooner than 
um, Jack Del Rio is saying. I think most people, especially if you're a Raiders fan, you got to think about it long term. Um, I know that in this moment, they're you know they're a prime candidate for the AFC. So it is you know it must be heartbreaking for Raiders fans that you know this is the second season in a row that they've lost their star quarterback. I know it's not for the season this time, and it's it's a different thing, but you. Yeah. I don't know how you look at it. If if EJ Manuel comes in and plays decent and wins a couple of games, do you see them still being in it? They're in a. I think I think so, but I just don't know if they're built to to win games with EJ Manuel. Their running game hasn't been overwhelmingly strong. They had one good performance against the Jets, and their defense has has been pretty average outside of Khalil Mack. Um, so I'm just not sure how they're going to be good enough to win games. Obviously, they get to play the Ravens, who are in probably a worse state right now offensively. But, um, you know, it's very rare EJ Manuel go into a match and actually be a form a form quarterback against Joe Flacco. Um, but here we are. But it, I just I, I just can't see them, especially with the Chiefs now 4-0 and and Denver still 3-1. and And one of those games without Derek Carr possibly will be without – will be against the Chiefs. Yeah, just brilliant, yeah. really. Anyway. I just, I yep. just think EJ EJ Manuel is going to have to show something that you know he hasn't been his entire NFL career at the moment, and that's just you know composed. Which I just, mm. I, don't, I just can't see that happening. No, and I, it's kind of funny that he suffers the uh, same injury that Tony Romo happened while Tony Romo was in the commentary booth for that game. Very, very strange. How poetic! Uh, possibly one. One for the uh, Conspiracy Club, and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, the Titans consider Marcus Mariota uh, with his hamstring injury day-to-day. It could just be coach speak, um, but Mike Malarkey's been relatively straightforward um, in saying that he compared Mariota's hamstring issue with DeMarco Murray, so he's been playing through that. So um, it looks like they'll prepare both Mariota and Matt Castle to start, but uh, I'm not sure what... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what what we're going to see. You know, they signed Brandon Whedon, um, I, I, which over Colin Kaepernick is just mind-boggling to me. But we're not, we're not we don't have time for that, um, given we're at the quarter pole. But um, it looks like he'll be he'll he'll be a game time decision. But my question now for you, Woot, here's one for the conspiracy club. My uh, question for you, Woot, is can Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota only get injured if the other does? I'm loving this one. I'm loving this You're one. You're loving it? When Isn't I heard it. crazy last year and now this year? When, to be honest, I heard about it and thought, no, surely. And then it kind of freaked me out and I looked into what injuries actually had. <laughs> Thank God they're different. Um, yep. Because I was like, if that happens, that's ridiculous. But no, I uh, at the moment I agree. I think that uh, <laughs> I think they don't want to. No one wants to outdo each other or something. I don't know what the meaning behind it is. If someone can, uh, you know, throw it out there. Did Derek Carr play before Marcus? Yes, he did one year, but uh, didn't get injured that year. So my my issue is, you know, say next year, uh, you know, Marcus is playing on Sunday Night Football and Derek Carr gets injured that early slate of games, do you, do you honestly risk Marcus Mariota that day if you're Mike Malarkey? No, you just sit him. You just sit him and you think... <laughs> just sit him on prime top. It depends. <laughs> do you have Matt Castle? As, <laughs> that's 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 another thing, just going back to the whole injury side of it. Matt Castle, oh. 
Oh, my goodness. That doesn't it just the Titans have to really reevaluate. I know how effective both through the air um and on the ground Marietta is. That that thirty five or you know, yard touchdown run that he had just shows yep. you how explosive an athlete Marcus is. But when it comes to um, you know, putting yourself in dangerous positions and stuff like that. I mean, Oregon was the same. He was like that in Oregon. He would just, he was, you know, hurdling over people and stuff like that, but he wasn't getting hurt. Now these, these guys hit much harder. We were just talking about Danny Trevathan, yep. but I'm not talking about that, but I'm just saying these guys, you know, really aim to not hurt, but just game changing tackles and momentum swings and things like that, which can obviously, you know, for lack of a better term, the hit stick like on Madden, it's just, there's an entire, yep. Uh, button on the control dedicated to just hitting people hard. Um, yeah. So do you, do you think the Titans look at the way that Mariota plays or they just, you know, they just see it as, you know, it's part of his game and we have to embrace it. I mean, I know pa- uh, yeah. Carolina has done something similar with Cam Newton, but then Cam Newton runs and shows you that he has his best game of the year when he starts to run the ball a bit more against New England. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, look, quarterback injuries are, are, are really fluky, but when you're running like that, obviously you're putting yourself up into more danger and, and obviously opening yourself up to a whole different range of injury types and hits. But uh, I think that is definitely something that the Titans need to look at and need to manage because Marcus hasn't still hasn't completed a full 16-game season. And if he misses this week, then... Um, that streak will continue, obviously. So it's something to monitor going forward and, and in the off-season on what they do and how they can change that offense around him. Um, we'll, we'll move on. Some, some other injuries, obviously, it was, a, it was a terrible week Week four. It was just one of the worst weeks. Dalvin Cook out for the year. Zach Streif out for the year. Chris Carson out for the year. Mohamed Sanu out for a few weeks. And Josh Norman um, fractured his ribs on uh, Monday Night Football. Dalvin Cook's a huge, huge loss, and we'll, we'll talk about that when we... Uh, to our pre-snap picks, um, obviously that game now is two completely different offenses with Mitchell Trubisky and, and uh, Dalvin Cook for the, on the other side of the ball. Three-point stance. All right, three-point stance. Number one, are the Rams for real? Yeah, this is this is a pretty much the story of the year so far. Obviously, we'll we'll try and speed through this as much as possible because they're going to be a big talking point in our uh, quarter poll examination in our third one, but. Obviously, turning around just a complete, just a complete role reversal of what they were last year on the back of 31-year-old coach Sean McVay. Uh, you know they've been three and one before, but for example, they're winning in different ways. So, you know, per Elias Sports, the Rams are the first team since the 1954 Giants to lead the NFL in scoring through four weeks after ranking last the previous season. So it's it's a pretty big turnaround. And then Jared got four yards per attempt on first down last year, 12.3 yards per attempt uh, this year and leads the NFL in that mark. Um, just some other interesting points compared to the last couple of seasons. They're averaging 35.5 points per game this year as opposed to 14 last year, 383 yards per game as opposed to 262 um, last year. And a lot of these ones were the worst in the NFL last year, and even their point differential, plus 37 through four games, minus 13 last year uh, through those first four games. So just some unbelievable numbers, and it's it's holding up form, but you just need to 
I don't know. It's only been four weeks. They've, they've got some tough games coming up on their schedule, but winning in Dallas down double digits, Josh, you've got to at least, you know, stay woke now. Stay woke. Um, I am, yeah. to be honest, I'm, I'm holding back on my, uh, enthusiasm a little bit for, for a few reasons. I think number one, yes, the, the team, the team is a better, uh, as a better, as a whole is better. Um, they do have, they have better weapons and obviously, um, the addition of Sammy Watkins and things like that is just, you know, it's added an extra dimension and, you know, Watkins is an extreme talent. They, I, they I still can't believe they just nabbed him from the Bills like that. Um, that being yep. said, Gurley has taken it to another level, but this is all to that young coach they have, Mr. McVeigh. He is, he is really killing it. And I think that he is, I don't know. I, this is, this is where my skepticism of the Rams comes in. I think. They've been who they have been for so long. They've been that, you know, just uh run and gun team that Jeff Fisher wanted and, you know, they were just gonna pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, and hopefully they could grind out some defensive um under thirty five point game. But now I think teams number one don't know who the Rams are, don't know how they're gonna operate, haven't seen number one, haven't seen the Rams play like this. They're not expecting this kind of um offensive juggernaut if you like. They haven't seen much from Sean McVay before. They don't know how he's going to operate. And then, yep. you know, obviously both together and it's only been, it's only been four weeks. Teams will slowly start to figure this out. This is similar to what, um, happened in Philadelphia last year. Wentz came flying out the gun. It was completely different. The last sure. couple of, the first couple of weeks had been, um, Chip Kelly. Oh, sorry. First couple of, the first, Few seasons prior to that were um Chip Kelly and you know that that offense and then they they get a uh they pretty much mortgage uh the next couple of seasons for um Wentz but Wentz comes flying out of the blocks and no one knows how to game plan for him and no one knows what they're going to do and Doug Peterson had never been a head coach before and all things like that and then eventually people started to figure them out and then gradually you know you saw the struggles from um, went and just the team as a whole, um, down the street. So I think you will see that. You will see that with the Rams. I think they're, they're a very well balanced team though. I, I really don't yeah. see that they, they, I really like them in like comparing them to the, the Raiders, um, a couple of years back. I really like just how they, how they went about rebuilding this team. I really like it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on because we'll talk about them a little bit later on as well. Uh, you know, how do we now re, you know, our second point is, uh, in the three point stance is re-examining, you know, this Texans team and this Texans offense with Deshaun Watson now at quarterback. Um, he's probably been by far their best quarterback in Houston. So much, obviously apart from re-examining, that is what the hell is Bill O'Brien thinking, appointing Tom Savage the week one starter. Surely they knew what they had all through camp and preseason. Yeah. Uh, he made the right choice. We ripped on him. Eventually. We ripped on him for doing it, but he made the right choice and now he's probably going to save his job again. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The Texans are a weird team. Their defense is very, very good and no one was questioning that. They know that the Texans defense is a good defense. Um, Deshaun Watson just looks so comfortable. The whole, the whole, uh, pre-draft process and things like that. 
there was always questions about, you know, his, uh, not, not about his talent, more just, uh, you know, he wasn't a prototypical quarterback and that, you know, the longevity of mobile quarterbacks in the league isn't as long as those, um, uh, typical pocket passes and things like that. But, yep. no, everyone, everyone always spoke about that, you know, he was just a winner and that when it came to games in college, like those really, really big games, nothing phased him. Like he just went in there as if it was any other week and just put up, um, so sometimes better numbers just because of just, you know, he, he just embraced it and it's who he is. And now yeah. I really thought he was going to be under so much, like, I mean, he is under a lot of pressure. There's, you know, an entire franchise and city on his yep. back, but when it comes to things like that, he just, it just seems to just yeah. go with the flow. Doesn't phase him at all. Uh, you know, you're right. And he, he really deserved the win last week, uh, in New England. Um, I feel bad that he didn't get to, to have, you know, claim that as a win to, to go into Foxborough and win and be the only rookie quarterback. To ever be, uh, yeah. To sort, yeah, to sort of do that, to, to, to one up Bill Belichick like that. Uh, but obviously Tom Brady with the big don't argue to that. But, you know, he's now the only quarterback in NFL history with seven plus passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns in his, um, team's first four games of the season. And considering he, he kind of only played two full games in those, it's, um, it is pretty impressive. And the team's now scored 90 points in their past two games. So it's, it is pretty crazy. And, and that 91, 98.1 total QBR is, um, is the second highest QBR by a rookie since they started tracking that back in 06. So, and he's not just like dinking and dunking either. Like he's throwing down the field. He completed, he was 21 of 24 for three touchdowns on throws fewer than 15 yards down the field. So he's actively looking down the field as well. So it's not just like, you know, relying on yak or, or, or slants or short passes or plays on missing defenders after the catch, it's, it's him, you know, threading some needles as well. Yeah. I, I've been just super impressed with him. I, I've mentioned, I yeah. mentioned it on, uh, the other, one of our other podcasts. I'm not going to tell you which, so you yep. have to listen to both. Um, <laughs> well played. <laughs> uh, that Deshaun, he just, he reminds me of, um, you know, old Cam Newton and uh, rookie season RG3, just the way he, he comes in, nothing phases him and he just, he's got yeah. that swagger. He's got the swagger yeah. and I'm with Deshaun as well. I'm kind of holding back on expectations as well because these teams don't know how to prepare for this Texans team with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. They don't. Yeah. So I think teams will slowly figure out what works and what doesn't work against him. The more, the more film they have on him and how the Texans operate with him behind center is going to be, you know, It'll be a learning experience for him as the season goes on. Who knows? He might just completely embrace it the way RG3 did and just destroy everyone in his path pretty much. Yep. Or he might, you know, like going up against these, going up against the, um, these two weaker defenses in comparison to the ones that he's going up against. Um, you know, that could really be his undoing and we might see the real Deshaun. Yeah, exactly. So you face the 32nd and 23rd defenses in, in DVOA, but you know, play, plays the, the Chiefs and Seahawks with a, with a game against the Browns in between the next couple of weeks. So we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to see him, um, in action against the Chiefs this week to see, you know, if he can do it against this Chiefs secondary against Marcus Peters and co. So, um, I'm, I'm excited. It, it, it's just good to have a, a decent quarterback to watch in Houston and DeAndre Hopkins, um, 
having a, a legitimate quarterback because it's it's sad to waste talent like that as well. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Yep. All right, let's move on to our uh, third point here, and that's the season. Um, you are officially of the of a quarter of the way in. Twenty five percent of the season, pretty much done for for thirty teams. Um, as I said at the top of the show, a couple of surprises, you know, at the top and bottom with the, the Pats and Jets being on on two and two, and you've got some interesting teams at three and one. Um, you know, uh, the, the Panthers and and uh, the your Eagles, the Rams, obviously the Steelers. Um, you know, their losses against the Bears, so some fairly flawed teams um, that are three and one. Do we? Do what did you say about really- my? <laughs> do we have do we have any really good teams in the NFL? Like a great team? I feel like we're wide open at this point in terms of the season. You know what? I think I know they went up against New England's defense, but the way they went about attacking that defense, uh, and the way their only um, their only focus was to get McCaffrey the ball every single point. Newton spread it around, and he, you know he. Funches became um, a weapon for them. Comes back if they run the offense with McCaffrey as just another option and a very explosive option at that. You know, he, there's going to be games where he goes off and they're going to have. He's a hot hand, so you get in the ball every time you can. But that team with that elite defense, if let Cam be Cam, I know Cam doesn't want to get hurt, and part of it's his, um, uh, his, his preference to you know become more of a pocket quarterback, but. He is who he is, and like those those explosive plays that he has, a lot of it is with his legs. And like I I want to see more of that from Cam. Cam, it, he's only two seasons removed from Super Bowl, so yeah. Okay, so you think the the Panthers are definitely for real at, at, at three and one? Um, obviously we've we've got the four Owen Owen four teams, the Chargers. You know we've we've mentioned that on on our other. Podcast. We won't say again which one, but um, definitely listen to that. Um, but you know they're they're on their way to another mathematically improbable year with these incredible these incredible losses. They're just finding ways to lose games and in close games. And then the Giants, whose Achilles heel you know was known coming into the season, um, it's been the major cause for their troubles. So I think in a hectic NFC, we've just we said at the top of the show uh, six. Six teams at three and one in the NFC. I think if the, the Giants, even at zero and four, if, if they lose this week and, and go zero and five, that's that's just a hole too mighty for them to to recover. Mm. I, <laughs> I I agree, but I I don't know. I <laughs> it is the NFL. <laughs> I know. There's just there's nothing that I put past anything anymore. I I really thought. Do you, do you know how badly I just thought the Jets were going to get pumped every single week? And look at them. They're two and two. Yeah. It's just insane. It, uh, part of that is schedule, but yes. I know, but it's part, it's the NFL this year has been so bizarre. We thought that the Patriots would be last just, year was bizarre. <laughs> yeah. We thought last year was bizarre. We thought the Patriots would be, would be just romping the season and they're two and two. They, they got, they have the same record as the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, shrug emojis all around. Like that, that's just it. Just flip desk. Like, you know, it, it is, it is pretty crazy. I mean, if you want even more to figure that out, if you thought the Rams, Texans and Jags 
would be three of the fourest highest scoring offenses in the league after a quarter quarter of the season. Um, you you would you would be lying if you predicted that. Yeah, and is that does that something that you know, so you look at look at it that way, right? Do you think that the the uh, the, the really good teams in the league like that? Not obviously, we can't say they're really good because they're not scoring the way those teams are that you just mentioned. But teams that haven't been going that well, I mean, Panthers. Yes, they seem to have bounced back. So you've got the Panthers, Seattle, um, t- teams like that. Do you see them like just slowly finding their uh, their footing and then just getting a roll yeah. on with those teams that have been scoring high, slowly peter out just after a hot start? Do you see it roll roll reversing in the next? you know, say before the halfway point? Yeah, I think the, the next four weeks will be especially telling, and that's why I'm not stressing too much about the Pats. I think they can win the Super Bowl from from any seed in the playoffs. Whether they they might be out of reach now, sort of two games and a tiebreaker back from the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs play in a tough division, um, and, and the Steelers are always good for another time on loss. So there's no real cause for concern in that regard, but I can see it sort of swaying back the other way for some teams that have had some bad luck, you know, the ball can bounce the other way. But teams like Seattle, I can see riding the, the ship right at, at two and two. Even the Lions have won ugly, you know, fourteen seven, I think last week at, at three, you know, three and one. And the Falcons still bounced back from that loss. They, they lost Julio and Sanu in the same game, and were, were playing a really tough defense, and it just ran out of stock and cattle on the field. So, you know, I'm not really concerned about some of those teams that might have a loss or two. I think the Cowboys will eventually get it right. They'll get some players back. David Irving back off suspension this week. So they'll get some players. And some teams that I don't know if they can, you know, get it right is is a team like week. I, I don't know what the future holds for a team like that. And then even the Jags and, and the Raiders, they, they're consistently inconsistent through the first two weeks. And now with Derek Carr out, I'm not sure how they're going to go either. Um, I just think maybe that's something that we just, we just, I'm still not sure about over the, over the next few weeks. Yeah, um, just touching on some of those, Baltimore yeah. look, Baltimore look really, um, just they look like such a weird team. You, you you get so hyped up about this this young defense that just looks so good and that have so much potential. And if only they had something on the other side of the ball to you know <laughs> help keep them off the field, I think Baltimore would be really in good hands. But Joe Flacco doesn't look just nah. So I don't I don't know if it's a uh, it's just a, I don't, I don't, um, who knows? It, you know, it, he may have hit the cliff. Like we don't, we don't know. So, um, oh yeah, I was playing with two missing vertebrae all season long. And like that's that's pretty big. <laughs> Do you think the New England defense will eventually get it right? Do you trust Bill Belichick to get it right, and or and the Pats? But, but Gilmore just hasn't quite been what we ex- expected. I, I really thought he'd sort of lock down that side of the field, but then you know Malcolm Butler with some of the they sort of floated around as a trade and then they benched him um, in a game as well. So their secondary is definitely a concern. Yeah. Uh, all right. With with that, I think they're, you know, they're missing a couple of pieces um, through injury that, you know, they come back and, you know, will uh, help shore it up a little bit. When it comes to Gilmore, I think they, I just think they're using him wrong, which doesn't, I wouldn't usually say that about Bill Belichick. He's playing in a lot of zone where he's just not, I don't know if it's him not understanding it or he's just, you know, getting beat bad, but him like that. That's just who he is and he seems to be I think that's I think you just have to go man to man in this last year. He had a good season last yeah. year. He needs to he'll he'll find his feet. I think maybe you know, um 
you know, I'm the alpha dog. You don't play how I want you to play. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be on the bench kind of thing. And I don't yeah. know. I think he'll he'll earn his spot back. But in a few weeks' time, I see Butler being on the field, whether it's whether or not it's through injury or whatever. But I think once he gets back on there, he'll keep his job. It, yep. New England also, you always got to be mindful that, you know, they're gonna pick. They're going to trade a seventh rounder for some random player and turn him into a star. It's just what they do, and that's you know that could well and truly be what they do again this win. season. And they just they just yep. find a new stud. Yep, and win the Super Bowl. It's just how it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just next man up in contract somewhere. Yeah, and gets and goes terribly, except for Akeem Hicks, who seems to be the yeah. We we touched on Cam Newton's form. Um, yep, as well. I think yeah. Then- um, we'll, we'll hand out some quarter pole awards as well. Um, no, I just think like just how under the radar the Chiefs normally fly, and this their cool point of the NFL. They're the only four and and0 team. They're you know the top of every power rankings anywhere. Um, you know they have this yep. young flashy rookie. They've got you know this you know the next Gronk it seems with Travis Kelsey you know dancing in the end zone. He just he you know he looks terrific. Alex Smith. Fighting off this, you know, who is Patrick Mahomes? Like, it's my job, get out of my, my town kind of thing. Like, there were so many storylines yep. and it's just, there's so much focus on that team right now, which is just so unlike Kansas City because they generally always seem to have like a, uh, you know, 11, 12 win or 10, 11, 12 win season and fly under the radar still, but they're totally out of that right now. And I think some of these games have been, been close. So, I don't yeah. know, maybe just... A, a part slam, of me still thinks fully until I see them just break a break off a, a win like this in a playoff game coming from behind against the Patriots that uh, you don't normally expect from them um, and, and from Alex Smith, skeptic. Um, so I, uh, in saying that, I think that definitely impressed me as well. Um, some other winners from the quarter poll, I think uh, you know Todd Gurley and, and Kareem Hunt. Obviously, we've, we've talked about them and we talked about Gurley on uh, both our DFS and uh, the Punt Return podcast so check them out um, or did we you'll have to listen to both <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Jacoby Brissett is a, is a massive winner from the first um, few weeks of the season obviously that trade worked out well for, for both teams and I think it worked out the best for Jacoby Brissett who proved his value as, as a backup uh, quarterback in the NFL and proved that he belongs as a as a, as a backup and not a third string quarterback, I think he's really proved his worth. Um, I think a lot of the pass rushers are, are killing it this year. Demarcus Lawrence is off to a, an incredible start. Melvin Ingram, Justin Houston looks like Justin Houston. Some, some good free agent signings. Kalei Campbell and John Simon has done a good job, um, as well. I, even though they haven't been winning, um, or like, do you, do you see the Colts? Colts are never going to, um, you know, stand down luck for Jacoby Brissett. So do you see no. them using him as a trade chip now? Is that how you would use it? I mean, quarterback, when it comes to backup quarterbacks, I don't see too much um, value in having, you know, an expensive backup unless you are, A, grooming them, or you've got, you know, two very, very, you know, similar um, players yeah. talent-wise. I look. I think they can. I think they'll. They're in a win-win situation. If it, if a team comes calling and wants to go over a set, I think they can trade him for whatever they're offering. But at the same time, given Luck's injuries and and his shoulder, I think being safe and keeping Brissett 
um, as your backup is is good. And um, I think I think I think they're in a win-win situation. And I, I, honestly, I think we're in a good situation with our GM. So I trust whatever Mr. Ballard decides. Really, I just want Jacoby and Andrew to just be best friends, and Jacoby to learn. It'd be the weirdest, weirdest couple of uh, of duos ever. Um, Jacoby and, and Andrew hanging out, but um, <laughs> Jacoby I'm all for and it. Luck sounds awesome. Just sounds yeah, it so does. Cool. Um, some other winners. I think the Broncos' run defense has been crazy. A full sort of full circle turnaround from what they were last year. And um, credit to Adam Gosses and, and all the, the Denver D line there for uh, having a, a really good start to the season. Yeah, besides uh, the Rams' offense as a whole, a run defense that couldn't. Add, it, the only the only thing that would trump that would be. Like, like, yeah, the the run defense for the Broncos is just, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Like they've just developed into themselves who everyone thought they could be. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, let's, uh, any other winners from you or should we just uh, talk about some losers? Yeah, give me some losers, mate. All right, obviously the Miami offense, they're, they're struggling big time. Six points over their last eight quarters. Um, their problems obviously start up front, the O-line. It's just failed to get anything done. They've allowed sacks, often penalised. Um, they're in they're in big strife at the moment, and I think Miami as a whole is a team that's generally underwhelmed. Yeah, a, a lot of it, um, a lot of the players just look completely disenthused. I'm gonna say that's a word. I'm not sure if it is, but they just look like they just don't even care about being out there. There was a against um, the Saints. Julius Thomas got pushed off, and um, yeah, Cutler got picked off so easily when they it was a it was a one on one matchup and you gotta help me out here with the name. Is it is it Crawley? It's Crawley, right? It was. Ken Crawley, yes. Crawley, who's been a complete revelation at cornerback. Now they've got Lattimore and Crawley who just going from a, a defense that couldn't, you know, couldn't stop anything to, you know, now having two pretty decent young corners is pretty it's pretty cool. But yep. Crawley's Miniature compared to Julius Thomas, and yeah. Julius Thomas didn't even, that happen. didn't even care for it. And Crawley just pushed him off and got it, and it was just like that is the exact player that just shows you the morale in the team and their their outlook. Oh, I think given that Tannehill went down, I don't think he he'll get sacked. I I think he'll survive. Some other um, losers, obviously the O lines of Cincinnati, the Giants, San Fran, Arizona, and seen with the pass rushers being huge winners as well. They're just um, too dominant um, at the moment. O lines overall, offensive line play is, is a massive loser to start the year, especially the first couple of weeks. Offensive lines being bad. I think it is. I think it is a combo of both, really. Um, and you just with all these injuries and, and no preseason, there's no continuity between offensive linemen, which we know is a huge um, factor between players playing against each other on O lines. But hopefully they'll um, hopefully that'll pan out. Well, you know, down the stretch, some of these teams, especially Seattle, they need to get it together. Yeah. Uh, uh, some other... Go. Yeah, well, yeah, go. No, uh, other losers. Um, Michael Lennon, he's a big loser. Um, oh, boy. Big, big yep. loser. Um, he's a neck above everyone else when it comes to losers, isn't he, Mike? <laughs> um, free agency, yeah. Stefan Gilmore before, he hasn't um, seemed to develop into the player that... Not develop, but doesn't seem the kind of player that they let Logan Ryan go to replace him with Gilmore. Adrian Peters has carried it more, but I don't yeah. watch entire 
um, Saints games. So, yeah, the fact that he's getting out-carried by Alvin Kamara, who looks terrific, by the way. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a big thing. Just Adrian Peterson is, you know, I know he is the kind of guy that's, um, probably being kept around just for name value by the, by the looks of things now, but there's some really poor backfields out there that you can still see him helping out, but I don't know why the Saints even went out and got him. It just, it really yeah, doesn't it, make sense. We, we were questioning that during the, um, during the off season, but now, just the way they're using everyone, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It just doesn't. It just seems like there's too many mouths to feed in that backfield now. It, it, Kamara is coming along well and, and doing a hell of a job, and now it's just like there's just too many mouths to feed. So it's like it just feels too rigid. Like, all right, okay, we're here now. It looks like now we need to give Adrian Peterson the ball. Oh, okay, this situation it's Mark Ingram. Oh, then we'll go Kamara. I think they they just need to cut the rope on on Adrian Peterson and move on. Do you think? Uh, do you think he's traded? I think. I think to be honest, I really think that the Saints would be smart to trade him right now. I really think that'd be smart. I do think there'd be teams out there that would be willing to, you know, give give something for him. Yeah, I I think so. I just don't, just don't know what they can possibly get for him. I would I would take anything to be honest. You just say, hey, Adrian Peterson. Private. private. Previously to uh, Goldman performing quite well. For- Although Wayne Goldman, you know, played pretty well for them, um, I think he's already their best running back on their roster at this point. What what, what about let's, some other? Let's smash out some awards and then we'll move on to our updated Super Bowl pick MVP right now. I think it's a racing three at this point. No one's really broken away from the field, but Brady Rogers and Kareem Hunt for me are the, are the three names on the on the list. Um. Yeah, it's it's tough to go past those uh, those three. Hunt's definitely you know uh, a roughie, but uh, I think Hunt is is always gonna seem to outshine Alex Smith. But if Alex Smith just keeps playing like he is, could you see? Could, does he have any chance, or is he just too dull? I don't know. I think he's too system quarterbacky to to win it. But given the quarterback bias. Um, that this award gets, and he's the quarterback with the best record in football. They're always a good chance. <laughs> all right, I, yeah, all right. Um, to Marcus Lawrence or Melvin Ingram, but Jalen Ramsey's a smoky. He's been killing it right now. I know you're a big, big fan of him. Yeah, he's he's just he's developing into the kind of player that everyone hoped he would be. He just seems to be he's versatile, and he just. Yeah, the Jags, the Jags defense looks good this year. I know now that the hype kind of went away from the Jags in the off season, and that's really good for them because of the last couple of seasons, it always seems to be, you know, oh, the Jags are everyone's second team this year and things like that. And now everyone went off them and now they're, they're blossoming, which is great. Um, yep. yeah, defensive player of the year. I feel that's a real, um, I don't know. That's really, uh, could go anywhere. A lot of ball game left. Yeah. A lot yep. of ball game left. We won't spend too much time on offensive rookie of the year. Kareem Hunt, obviously the clubhouse leader, but Deshaun Watson uh, are closing in. Um, Dalvin Cook's injury obviously puts him out. If Watson plays even three quarters of what he has for these last two games, he'll get people's attention. I know, like Hunt seems to be playing out of his skin, but if Watson continues to play like he has been, I I think he'll yep. get it. Defensive rookie of the year is wide open at this point. Um, there's a lot of players 
uh, in contention. I can't go past my boy Malik Hooker. Um, but, you know, Marshawn Lattimore looks pretty good and Davis white as well. Yeah, I was going to say Lattimore. I, I'm really impressed with Lattimore. Like, obviously, the number one uh, cornerback drafted uh, looks terrific. He really does. He looks like... Yeah. He really des- helped he, the Saints' D. Yeah, he deserves that. He deserved that uh, that title of being the first um, uh, cornerback off the board. And then... Seems to always be around the ball, so that's, that helps massively. Yeah, no, um, no, no. T- Three-horse race now. McVeigh, Andy Reid, and, and Sean McDermott, who's low-key is doing a really good job. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Like I just, yep. I don't know what else to say about McDermott. McDermott has a team that seemed that they were just trading away their best players. Now they're firing. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, that you know you trade Sammy Watkins away, and both teams are still three and one. But you know, mm-hmm. so not not a bad effort from uh, from both teams involved. No. All right, uh, speaking of trying to predict stuff, let's uh, get to our Super Bowl picks. Super Bowl picks. We were going to Disneyland. <laughs> oh, yay. All right, uh, I've, I see that you've already got yours listed out here, Mr. Josh. Yep. Go on, tell everyone. All right, mine's the uh, Owen Four Mark Sessler Bowl. Uh, I think that's... Uh, and we're going to get a preview this week. That's Chargers Giants. I think uh, both these teams are going to rally from a an uh, one and four and an zero and five start, and uh, they'll be in the Super Bowl. Uh, Mark Sessler predicted it before the season started. Um, I've seen enough tough luck now to predict that they'll uh, they'll rally for the Super Bowl. That's that's really good. I, uh, we were just Thank talking you. about before. We've never, you know, the uh, it's a weird place, the uh, NFL right now, and that anything could happen. Um, yep. I don't know what way I'm going to go. That was, that was, that's pretty hard to top. I think I'm, all right. No matter what, I'm going to put Kansas City in. Kansas City looked the goods. They was, so I'm going to have, uh, the apprentice and master. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, uh, why here? Uh, due to some technical issues, uh, while we're recording this week's podcast while I'm on holidays in Port Douglas in, uh, north of Queensland. Uh, the last 25 minutes of the show encountered some uh, audio issues. Our sentences were being skipped and audio was missing and lagging. Uh, so unfortunately, we weren't able to give you our week five picks. Uh, we'll post them on Twitter and social media over the course of the weekend and we'll resume normal programming next week. Apologies for any inconvenience and we hope you enjoyed the show and all of our other content this week. Uh, thanks, guys, and uh, look forward to... Recording back to normal, full swing of things next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another installment of the Wooten Y Show. Check out previous episodes at WootenY.com and on iTunes. And follow each of the boys on Twitter at This Is Woot and at JYNFL. Or you can follow the podcast at WootenY.